0: everybody, I'm Connor, that's Doug, and welcome to our Oscar podcast. With the Academy Awards happening on Sunday, we thought we'd dedicate this week's show to the best, worst, and flat-out weirdest movies to ever win an Oscar. We'll start out with Howard the Duck, the box office flop about an anthropomorphic superhero duck. People are still puzzled that that comic book adaptation won Best Picture at the 1986 Academy Awards. The same could be said for Speed 2, Cruise Control. Can you believe that movie won eight Oscars, including Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Picture? Wait, wait, Connor? And who can forget the biggest Oscar snubs? How in the world did the Academy pass over Pauly Shore's searing portrait of a desperate scientist in the 1996 film Biodome? Seriously, Connor? And I think we all just assumed that Eddie Murphy won Best Actor for his role as Norbit, but that didn't actually happen. He was snubbed.
1: Connor, Connor, I'm a bit of a film buff, and your facts are more than a little suspect. Did you do any research on this before we started recording?
0: No, sir, I did not. Shawshank Redemption happened to be on TBS last night, and I just could not turn it off.
1: Okay, well, I guess it's a good thing we can't do that podcast anyway, because this is The Bethel School District Presents, a podcast about the Bethel School District. And today, Thursday, March 9th, is a very important day here in Washington.
0: It certainly is. March 9th is Billy Frank Jr. Day. Today we remember the influential Nisqually tribal leader and Native American spokesman for tribal rights.
1: After serving his country as a United States Marine, Billy Frank Jr. played an instrumental role in the fish wars of the 1960s and 70s, culminating in the landmark Bolt decision that affirmed tribal fishing rights. Along with the Martin Luther King Jr. Distinguished Service Award and a posthumous Presidential Medal of Freedom, Billy Frank Jr. is also the namesake of the National Wildlife Refuge in Olympia. Join us today in honoring this giant in our state's history.
0: At last week's school board meeting, staff from Spanaway Lake High School shared examples of their work centered around equity, social-emotional learning, and multi-tiered systems of support. Science
1: teacher Connor Collins was one of the presenters, and he said their science department had implemented a three-phase plan this year, the first of which was a focus on equity, in which they shifted their teaching style from explicit instruction, which is common in science classes, to a more discussion-based style. Phase two was working to minimize a very common distraction in class, cell phones.
2: Shouldn't be too much of a surprise. They're a huge distraction in the classroom. So the solution to that was, well, again, back on the teacher efficacy part. We sit down together as a department, we talk it through, and we actually hashed out a department-wide policy on cell phones that focused not so much on discipline behind it, but on educating students on the social emotional learning aspects of using the cell phone in the classroom.
0: The cool thing about that is that that science department's policy is now school-wide. The third and final phase was the idea of bringing in monthly science speakers so students could see firsthand what their future careers might look like.
2: So what we've done is we bring every science classroom, the goal at least once per month, to our school's auditorium, and we bring in a speaker that works in the STEM field to share out their personal and their professional lives. So far, we've had a UW medical school student come in. That was in January. And this last February, about three weeks ago, we had the UW Applied Physics Lab come in. They sent three representatives. And the coolest part was, was hundreds of students across the entire day. Mind you, all 1,500 plus students that are in science classrooms attended this asked questions and got their answers and also
1: got time with the individual speakers. And Dr. Susie Askew, principal of Spanaway Lake High School, said that speaker series was also doing something else very important.
3: I do want to also highlight that at one of the speaker series, we had a Latina uh, scientist who started her presentation in Spanish, and the kids were kind of, you know, blown away. Um, So just the idea of representation, that it matters. We care very much about our community. Um, We want to continue to promote a community of care that focuses on equity and access and just opportunities for our kids.
0: This week, March 5th through 11th, is National School Social Work Week. Our school social workers serve many roles, including providing help to at-risk students so they can succeed in the classroom and conquer problems in their everyday lives. School social workers also assist entire families by providing crisis intervention and referrals for those in need. Doug ventured out to Rocky Ridge Elementary School to learn more about the role their social worker plays in the lives of students.
1: Thanks, Connor. I'm here at Rocky Ridge Elementary School with Allison Lindstrom, social worker extraordinaire. Allison, you're an institution here. You've been here for seven years. How'd you get your start?
3: So I started here as a family resource coordinator in 2016, and then I did that job for three years while working on my master's and then started as a school social worker.
1: For those that don't know, what is the role of a social worker, and is that something that you saw when you were growing up in school?
3: At the elementary level, the social worker obviously does all our social emotional lessons and is an interchangeable role with the counselor, whereas the secondary, the counselor does more the academic focus and not that social family resource side of things. And the way we do it here in Bethel and how every school has a social worker or counselor and they're there full time and being with kids. When I was growing up, I didn't have that. Um, I was at a smaller school where we had someone once a week. You know, They didn't um, meet with all kids. And it was not as strong of a system as we have here. So I'm excited to be a part of that.
1: So is being a social worker something you knew you wanted to do when you were in college? At what point in your life did this become the career path that you wanted to jump on?
3: Yeah, so in college, I started out down the road of psychology and social services, and then as I got my first job here as a family resource coordinator, I worked district-wide and just saw a lot of different positions and the different things the district had to offer. So from that, I really honed in on elementary. And then from that, my master's in social work and went from there.
1: And this is your fourth year working as a social worker here at Rocky Ridge. What's a typical day like for you?
3: When I can have a typical day, I would say, on average, it looks like getting into one classroom to do a classroom lesson, so seeing one whole group of kids at one grade level, and then at least one small group, and then also some one-on-one visits with kids. That's always my goal is to kind of hit all three levels of seeing a big group a small group of some kind and then obviously talking to kids as needed on an individual basis Uh, besides that it kind of ebbs and flows on what the schedule looks like
1: what is it about working with students that that you really like what keeps you coming back here every day
3: well the kids keep me coming back every day because i never know what they're going to bring me each day when they come so it's fun to see them grow now that i've been here almost for a whole like from the kindergartners up to fifth grade to see that growth and progress they make. And um, just getting to look at my wall and seeing the same kids that are now in fifth grade that were on pictures from their kindergarten lunch groups. And just to see their growth as humans, it's really fun. And I tell the kids all the time, like, I am in the gray with you. Like we don't Talk about seven plus seven equal 14. It's more the the unknown and the things that don't have that clear of answers and working together through them.
1: I love that phrase, in the gray. Can you tell me about that?
3: Yeah, so when I do classroom lessons, we always talk about how it's a little different than reading or writing or math or even small group interventions. When it's for those subjects, there's an answer. And sometimes I feel like when kids work with me, there's not the answer. And I try to be transparent with that because I'm also not going to solve their problems, but just help them work through them and solve them with them.
1: So you work here at Rocky Ridge as a social worker. Do the social workers connect throughout the district? Like do all the elementary social workers work together in any capacity?
3: Yeah. So we have a weekly PLC that is four to five social workers and counselors from elementary level. And we meet weekly over Zoom. And then on the PL days, PD days, and waiver days, we do the half day job alike with the whole elementary group.
1: What kind of things do you talk about? Are you talking about specific students during that time? Or are you talking about more you know, theoretical kind of things? What, what are those Zoom meetings, what do they look like?
3: When we meet on Zoom weekly, it does get a little bit more on the individual case-by-case basis, because we're working in a small group with our peers and going through sometimes hypothetical situations, but mainly just like, you know, if there is that certain kid that's going through this certain situation, have you guys dealt with anything like this? What are some resources? Obviously, we respect confidentiality of all of our students, but it's nice because it's the only time that we get to have that team-like setting and just brainstorm and have people to bounce ideas off of because within our own buildings, we're the only ones.
1: I love that you all get together like that because it is important, especially in tougher cases or, you know, really it's just nice to know somebody else is out there doing the same thing you're doing just with a different group of kids. And what you all do is so very important. One question I always like to ask people as I'm wrapping up interviews is tell me something That would surprise people if they knew it about you
3: oh gosh well back in the day i used to be quite the wakeboarder and snowboarder um so the fifth graders kind of think i'm cool when i actually know what they're talking about when they talk about those things but oh gosh i don't know i don't think i'm that cool i guess i don't know
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I've never snowboarded. I've never wakeboarded. I think you're pretty cool. And thank you for what you do. Thanks to all our social workers out there that are listening. And if you know a social worker this week, be sure to appreciate them in some way. The work they're doing is helping kids learn, because if kids are struggling with home problems, emotional problems, they're not going to learn in class. So what you all do is so very important. Thank you again, Allison, for what you do. Thanks for being on the podcast.
3: Thank you so much.
0: And that's our show. We started out with a little talk about movies, so let's end there too. Doug, of the 10 Best Picture nominees, how many have you seen?
1: I believe I've seen two of them. I've seen Top Gun Maverick and The Banshees of Inisherin. How about
0: you? Was Sonic the Hedgehog 2 nominated this year by chance? <laughs> it was not. Then I guess I haven't seen any of them.
1: Well, I guess we'll leave it there. We'll see you on the red carpet on Sunday, everybody.